on this Last King episode, we're going to talk about the Game Awards 2019. And then it's a double bill of Undone and Bojack Horseman Season 6. Hey everybody, it's the Last King Podcast. Once again, it's me, Eccentric Tom. Who are you? I'm Best Game Direction, uh, Shafiq. And this is Best Narrative, Mr. Toffee. <laughs> and of course, we're going to be talking about the Game Awards first before we get into some of uh, the shows we've actually watched for the past few weeks or so. Yeah, so, so sticking to a formula, we're going to talk about the shit we don't care about and then we're going <laughs> to end it with something that's actually worth talking about. Yeah, so being okay, a... we do care for it somewhat. No, like, we don't. Maybe like five percent, five percent. We dedicated an entire episode last year to how much we despised it. So now we're gonna just <laughs> dedicate half an episode to how much we think this is kind of boring. Yes. Yeah. Look, this is the biggest compliment I can give the VGAs. It helped keep me distracted from what was going on in the UK at the same time. What's going on in the UK now? Just watching it slowly uh, die, and uh, I think they voted in. Isn't uh, that what is doing it anyway? They voted in Boris Johnson or something. Yes, right? they did. Boris Johnson. Oh my god. Yeah, Boris. Yeah. Johnson, and he's got a super majority. Alright, no more politics, I'm done. That's fine, because we want to talk about something a little bit fun, I guess. Nah, this, yeah. this is also full politics. Yeah. <laughs> we have, it's the Video Game Awards. A- a- the, the Game, the game Awards. Awards, yes. Jeff Ke- the Jeff Keighley Awards. The Jeff, Jeff Keighley, Keighley Show, show. starring yes. Jeff Keighley and hey. special host Jeff Keighley. Yeah, okay, brought to you by Jeff Keighley and a whole bunch of other things. So, Game Awards happened. Uh, we were kind of surprised and also slightly... What's the word? Um, uh, whelmed. I think you're looking for whelmed. We're whelmed? not overwhelmed. We're not, we're not underwhelmed. underwhelmed. We're just proper we're whelmed. whelmed. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most uh, pedantic, the most pedestrian award ceremony. And the fact that we are always claiming to be a video game podcast... Yes, we have to sit through this shit. <laughs> yeah. And we have a responsibility per se. It's not a bit of responsibility and also I'm pretty sure our last... Responsibilities if we're actual fucking journalists. Yes, my God. we are fucking journalists. We do research, okay? I <laughs> Wikipedia very hard. Anyway, Last King fans, you want our take on this and here's our take on it. It was... Fine. Fine. <laughs> it was I mean, exactly what it was going to be. It wasn't like an unmitigated shit show like the Spike Awards were. <laughs> there were... Good times. <laughs> Like, there were some parts which generally made me smile. The highlight was definitely the Untitled Muppet game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Just having a moment with Bunsen and Beaker was just like, I needed this, thank you so much. And then watching uh, poor Beaker being chased by that bullshit goose. When is that coming out again? Never, because it's a spoof game. Mm-hmm. But I, still. I want that to be real. I want, <laughs> so bad. Yes, I want to harass poor little Beaker with a goose. Jesus Christ. And but I think the Muppet Lab game was real, wasn't it? No. Something? Oh, no. okay. I think there oh, is a Muppet Labs, but they're not announcing anytime soon. I think it was just an excuse to have the Muppets on show because Jeff Keighley likes puppets. You know what you need to and do, advertising right? advertising too. Yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah, so all you need to do is appeal to the uh, folks at Disney who owns everything Jim Henson to make this a reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Okay, it's just like, oh, also at the same time, convince them to bring back the Marvel characters into Marvel's Capcom. While you're at it. Well, yeah. they didn't do that, but they did put a lot of Marvel characters in the very first advertisement in the Game Awards. Oh, was, tell uh, us more about oh, it. Yeah, Marvel, <laughs> Alliance yeah, yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Yes, they're bringing in, uh, what's that, Phoenix, Jean Grey, they brought in... The X-Men. Uh, they're bringing yeah, in the X-Men. Some of the X-Men, some of the X-Men. Oh, wow, Phoenix, a character nobody cared about this year. <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. A yes. character they kept trying to shove down our throats and then they're going to try it again this time in video game form. Yeah, cool. third time will be successful. You know, at least it's not yeah. Sophie Turner. Yeah. yeah, at least, at least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> so, uh, excited for uh, any uh, X-Men goodness? I thought it was a mobile game. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. Marvel Ultimate Alliance, a Switch game. Yeah, it's been... Uh, I mean, it had its moment. I beat them up. 
Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was originally X-Men Legends, and if I recall. It was X-Men Legends and then Marvel Ultimate Alliance. So it's kind of like yeah. a, a continuation of that. I see. So it originally started as like this isometric top-down brawler with the X-Men characters, and then there was the Apocalypse sequel, and then uh, after a while, uh, it was not it was not Capcom, right? It was licensed by. Oh, no, 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 it was by Activision at the yeah, time. Yeah, it was Activision uh, because oh, Activision okay. had. Like, that's why like you could see Spider-Man in the Tony Hawk games because they were mm, making the Spider-Man games. I see. Okay. So it was actually a very solid brawler with the X-Men characters, and yeah, ever since. Uh, the the Disney takeover is like mm-hmm. we've been now they actually task uh, Tecmo Koei to do this game so which I'm kind of bit... curious because they have the Dynasty Warriors pedigree yeah 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 and yeah. plays all right I mean the game that came the game came out around like June July I checked it out for ten hours or so not too bad but nothing I, it's better you just get it for half price now and having at least they're keeping it the game alive with DLC so yeah, if you're an X Men fan or if you're a Marvel Knights fan yeah go ahead because I think they brought in Moon Knight for one of the DLC. Oh wow, Moon Knights. You finally That's get really play gonna get people to <laughs> buy <Yeah>. his comics. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wow, remember Moon Knight? Yeah, we all do. Uh, yes. So the best Some part about us. Moon Knight is a comic that doesn't actually exist where you're saying, bitch, where's my money? And he's walking down an alley. <laughs> then again, they did announce a TV show or a movie for Moon Knight? A uh, TV uh, show, TV show. Which is a waste of time. It should yeah. be a movie. Oh well. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so... VGAs. <laughs> enough of that Marvel shit. Uh, so... Let's go straight into it. Uh, our boy, Disco Elysium, kind of sweeping the awards here. Our sweet, sweet boy won four awards. Yeah, and definitely a heavy contender here at The Last King for Game of the Year as well. Definitely. And, and well-deserved, I think. Yeah. Uh, out of, like, okay, let's just be very nice for a while to the, the Video Game Awards. Okay, so uh, this Disco Elysium was one of those games that came out of nowhere. It was put together by this uh, cute little production house and... I think it's like a team of maybe four or five people. Yeah, now. from Estonia, I think, of all places. Yeah, and uh, to us, that game totally blew us away with yeah. its world, with its, nar- its narrative, its art style. And it's. I think, if anything, the one thing we have to say about the Game Awards is it's places like this that will give games like that an opportunity to go beyond what it I mean what it's aim, aiming to be because it's like if mm. it's just going to be an indie game and it's only going to be guys like us or like gamers who actually you know, are in the know or are aware of like games like Disco Elysium. And I think this has an opportunity for this game and especially for the studio. Yeah, I think some people are going to go like, oh, okay, maybe I should give you this should a try. You should check it out. Yep. So, and then, you know, there'll be a Steam sale coming soon again. So no, it's done already. It's done, but there'll be another one soon, I'm sure. Yeah, but, yeah winter sale. That's yeah. going to happen soon. Yeah. Mm. So you could get it for like $20. Like, oh shit, this is the best game I've played in years because, you know, it treats me like an adult. Yeah. And also... And I get to be a racist and a feminist. Wow. (laughs) Or a racist feminist. Yeah. (laughs) And you get to beat up children too. (laughs) 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 Okay. And uh, I would say four awards, right? It won for best indie, Mm -hmm. best, uh, what, narrative? Best RPG. Best RPG and it like best RPG. Uh, the fresh indie award from uh, presented, presented by, by Reggie Fizame. Yes, yeah. yeah, which is an award I don't understand. What does it mean by fresh award? I have no idea. This th- this game is brought to you by Subway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I mean, guys, what do you think? Uh, did it deserve best RPG? I would say so because there's not been a whole host of really astounding RPGs that have come out this year. You think? It's got a tough fight, but I actually I'm fine with it getting I mean, best RPG. I uh trying to think of what actually came out this year because last year was Pillars of Eternity two. Yeah, that was a solid game. That actually. was a solid yeah. game. 
Um, but other than that, I think there was a uh, this year's just Outer Wild, Outer Worlds. And, uh, that's um... I mean, yeah, it was an RPG, but I don't know, like true. And I'm looking at the other ones like Monster World. That's more of an action. Final Fantasy fourteen like... is, I think, stretching it a little bit. Kingdom Hearts three is definitely stretching it as a role playing yes. game. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, I really like maxing out my stats on Goofy. Yeah, sure, but Monster Hunter World Iceborne, uh, I don't know. Uh, is is it? it just the DLC? That's a DLC. It's like... a DLC. It's the Frost, um, Frostborne. Yeah, Frostborne. I mean, that, that's my yeah. Iceborne, one... Iceborne. Yeah, yeah, it's my one point of contention is that most of... you should not put a DLC in the game category. It should be something else. But yeah. then again, probably... Unless the DLC is like meaty enough to be its Then it's an expansion. Then it's not DLC, right? Yeah, it's actually more of an expansion. It's I think we've, la- mis- we've mislabeled it. It's more of a... Expansion. No. Yeah. I mean, but like, either way, it shouldn't be like in a category. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sh- you can have best DLC, but then because B- DLC releases so sporadic, it will be, it's like it's totally pointless to have a category for something that is not consistent. But for me, uh, for best role playing game, I would have actually given it to the Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds actually deserve to have won because the yeah. thing about Disco Elysium is, as much as it is technically a purest version of the RPG, because it literally is. Uh, rolling dice and you see the dice yeah it's, it's a recreation of a tabletop game yeah but I would say this right come on man uh, just those uh, the, the space adventure <laughs> yeah Parvati come on <laughs> I'm yeah, actually happy with I mean if either one won it's fine otherwise it's not really I would have been happy with either one winning to be honest I would have yeah. preferred actually Outer Worlds though because fact, Outer Worlds like to me if Outer Worlds won then it would have given uh, the, the developers and Obsidian a little bit more I would say because I mean it's true with also movies when if anything gets an uh, Academy Award nomination or even a win you get this thing called the Oscar bump where people oh yeah you will, get an increase in sales you get an increase in sales or an increase in attention and especially like, since a lot of people are uh, not wanting to get it because it's an epic time exclusive yeah that's one thing but also at the same time it's like I would love for Outer Worlds to totally shit on Fallout 76 this year yeah. In every way possible. Because Fallout 76, if you all recall, they announced a very ridiculous price package subscription model. Which turned out to not even work. <laughs> Private servers where people could come in anyway. Yes. <laughs> and like, because you were marked out as a, uh, you know, a premium user, you were hunted down by the rest of the player base. Cool. Because they were hunted down the rich. Yeah. I love how, ironically, Fallout 76 is the perfect dystopia simulator. Because <laughs> yeah, everything is broken. <laughs> Nothing works. It still everything. is broken up to this day, and it's yeah. and it's still a corporation sticking it up right in your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. So I don't know. I mean, I would have loved Outer Worlds to have gotten a little bit more attention. But speaking of fucking Ashley Birch was robbed for best performance. You think? Yeah. Yes. Mm, I mean, that's your choice for best performance. I would say, but that or I'm looking at. I think Courtney Hope also did very well. Oh, Jesse control. Faded, yeah. Right, for control. Yeah, uh, she should win too. But you fucking Mads Mickelson, a guy who didn't even attend. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was just because they needed to appease the fanboys of Death Stranding somehow. This is why. They, they should have gone to the fucking Norman Readers. He was there sitting in the front row the entire time. Yeah. And he looked actually a little bit upset he didn't win it. <laughs> it's like, why'd you care? You need that, like, Academy Awards. Are you sitting in front like, of Like, that crash know? zoom to the guy. Let's see the reaction shot. And Norman Reedus was like, no, you, I love the fact that he was grimacing along and clapping when he saw Vin Diesel on stage. He's like, please. This, this guy gets more attention than me? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking Norman Reedus. I mean, I was in The Walking Dead. Yeah. I wasn't. Still in, I'm yeah. still in The Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. I was gonna be still. in Silent Hill until fucking Konami shut the bed. Until they changed it to PT, and then they. Yeah, and then Konami decided to, like, get really pissed off with Kojima because he. And then, uh, in the ultimate petty move, it's now a Pachinko Machine. 
because we don't understand how business works. And yeah. they're selling the Silent Hill website domain for a really pittance price. I think hundred thousand. Really? Really? Yes. I'm gonna buy it. That's almost. That's actually. Kind <laughs> I want to own the Silent Hill website. <laughs> and then it'll just be like fuck Konami when you click on it. Nah, man. <laughs> it's just gonna be all my Silent Hill fan art. Oh, you're deep okay, in that page. Enough, don't you want to see pregnant pyramid hit? <laughs> I kind of do actually. <laughs> oh, DeviantArt, you ain't got shit on me. <laughs> so I don't know. How about uh, I'm gonna throw it out to the table. Any of you guys thought like which got robbed and which des- deserved it the most? I definitely think fi- um, what's that? Um, Total War Three Kingdoms got robbed in the best strategy department. For sure, because also looking at the strategy game list, not that many are actually strategy games. Like mm. Angel and Spinefall, yes, that's a proper four X. Anno eighteen hundred. It's a city That's a simulation. Builder. That's a simulation. Yeah. So it's tropical, right? Fire Emblem yeah. is a dating sim with occasional combat elements, and it was. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I and don't get me wrong. I enjoy Fire Emblem Three Kingdoms. No, I'm sure uh, it, three, three houses. I'm but sure it, yeah, Three Kingdoms deserve it. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great fun. I'm sure I'll love it when I eventually get it. But you know, with Three Kingdoms, you can like really buy in like how people hated Yuan Shao. What a piece yeah. of shit he was as he fucking vassal swarms me for the fifth time. Oh, I love that game. You know, also, like, yeah, Tropical 6, man. I don't know what the fuck Wargroove is. I mean, Tropical 6 is oh, basically is Tropical Fire Emblem by Indies. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, I kind of agree with you guys that Total War definitely deserved it. And you know what? Uh, if there's any compensation, uh, Total War is definitely in our top games of the year. No, <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. say so. <laughs> For 2019, I don't know. Age of Wonders, I was actually kind of disappointed by it because... Um, uh, maybe it's not the same branding as Microsoft's Age of Wonders, right? No, 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 no. It's kind. Of, I think this is from the people who made that Solaris mm. bunch of games. Yeah, is it, it's is it published it? by Paradox. It's a Paradox, right? But developed by the Solaris people. Yeah, yeah. If I remember. Yeah. Mm, I know. I mean, that's very bad. Uh, uh, I mean, if you say Age of anything, the first thing that comes to mind is Age of Mythology, Age of Empires. Yeah. No. Oh no. Uh, that studio died a long time ago. Hey, they just re-released Age of Empires two. Well, super yeah, because uh, yeah, that's a Microsoft thing. So, Man, Microsoft. Yeah. Studios now makes it, which is like I didn't even know that in a house development passport. Hey, I mean, whatever. Who's gonna be shitting out all these flight simulators? Okay, <laughs> that's true. Although I have to say, the new flight simulator looks pretty damn sweet. It gets better it every gorgeous. time. It's one of those yeah. games where it's like it's just these incremental changes, and, and if now you're a fan, you love it. And now it's gonna be photorealistic the entire fucking world. Sure. So I can crash a flight into um, Marina Bay Sands, some guy's house, uh, Marina Bay Sands. <laughs> okay, that too. <laughs> that I would appreciate actually. Mm-hmm. I would like for you to do a perfect landing into the Louis Vuitton glove <laughs> oh <laughs> right next God, to the boat <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I would, that would that, no, that's impressive <laughs> how about this uh, most deserve it okay besides Disco Elysium uh, can we talk about the one thing that took everybody by surprise and also uh, Vin Diesel himself uh, announcing oh, yeah. that Sekiro my game of the year which I've been championing since I played it and I've been calling it ever since and I was actually very much expecting Death Stranding to be like yep of course fuck. I'm sure I was pretty sure because you know fucking Jeff Keighley is in it even the fucking line producer had his camera like straight on Kojima and Nolan <laughs> okay, Reedus in the front row that. and okay. then they were doing even like that, that slow zoom in because it's like it's like of course you can't do the drum roll but as Vin Diesel was just like mumbling it out and then like Sekiro it was like <laughs> Sekiro like, <laughs> I was like oh. uh, you know like I was I was about to just jump up in anger and it wait wait what but that's what I wanted to hear. Is that that moment like, no, you're fucking, well, wait. Yeah. Sekiro? Like, How fucking, I love you. Oh. And it is immediately, it's like, I, I even like picked up the phone and messaged John. And I was like, did the, did the game of us just get some credibility all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this doesn't make any sense. Am I living in, in La La Tong? What point yeah, is that? Yeah, the director up there setting his award and talking. Yeah, it was, it was a nice moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, although at this point, if Control or Outer Worlds had won, I would also have been happy, I'll be honest. But I think Sekiro yeah. definitely is the most Sekiro deserving to a game of the year. After yeah. slot. Like, definitely not Smash Brothers. Miss me with that bullshit. Not because <laughs> Smash Brothers was announced at the last Game Awards, <laughs> so yeah. it has to be Didn't nominated it, yeah. for something. Didn't it come out? Usually, games from December, yeah. usually games of December 2019 are put in the future Game Awards. Which so I think is kind of nonsense, uh, you know, but yeah, I guess. Uh, for me, like game of the year, like okay, as much as I enjoyed Control, uh, I don't think it's game of the year material. Mm. As much as I didn't enjoy Death Stranding, it's definitely not game of the year For material. For sure, <laughs> Resident Evil Two, I would say, I don't know. I mean, like, I would say so qualifies because whilst yeah, it's a remake, it's a ground it's a up different remake. game. Yeah, it's like an entirely different game. Yeah, I like, mean, this the story is the same, but still like, qualifies as a new game. So, so I would have replaced definitely Death Stranding with Disco Elysium. Yeah, for sure. I would have definitely replaced Control with something like DMC because DMC is the action game of the year. And, and it did win that, which, you know, mm-hmm. good. And I love yeah, how happy it. the uh, developer was. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, Ultimate, I don't know. I mean, if you needed to put a fighting game, the only one that came out this year that was worth mentioning is Mortal, Mortal Kombat 11. Probably Samurai Showdown for me. For you? Uh, Samurai Showdown is oh, it's so clunky. It's not good, sir. It's, it's all right. For it's me. got it's, that it's classic Neo Geo. This shit doesn't work properly. Kind <laughs> I of. I think that's latency. why I like it a lot because they do update like the characters here and there. Really, they buff, sir. They buffed and nerfed you like everyone. Samurai Showdown. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's still my pick. Okay. I mean, what uh, do we got? Mortal Kombat 11. We've got Dead or Alive 6. I don't know. Dead or Alive 6 okay. has been in development for the last 10 years. Come on. Okay. To well, buy the entire game with all the costumes is like what, like thousand dollars now. <laughs> Yeah, oh, hey, hey, God. you have to spend a lot of time on those jiggle physics, you know? Of course. You have to get it pitch perfect. Look, there's... there's this will be okay in Mortal Kombat 11 1, 2, so... Because it's packed. It's packed. I would enjoy that. Mortal Kombat 11, but then again, it's basically Mortal Kombat 10 with the Terminator now. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And Terminator now we're going to get uh, Harley Quinn and the Joker. Sure, because... Wonderful. Warner Brothers owns those characters. Yeah, so, of sweet. course. But, I mean, that's definitely... They're going to test the waters for Injustice 3, which is a thing, most likely, right? It's definitely uh, going to happen. Three years from now, wait till Mortal Kombat 11 runs its course. So. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they might try and sync it up with whatever reboot they try and push out next I year. I mean, there is a Birds of Prey movie, so there yeah. will be opportunity for them to have, like, you know, movie skins and shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm hap- I'm going to watch it just because, you know, I stand Margot Robbie, but that's the only reason. Yeah, I'm just there to support her career. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Let's also talk about something that I think was kind of annoying. Yeah. The family game section. So, can yeah. we just rename this to Best Nintendo Game? Yeah, because... <laughs> it's all just every Nintendo Every single games. one was Nintendo. <laughs> Best all-ages game. I think that's why. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, didn't Overcooked come out this year? <laughs> yeah. Although, actually, that's not a good family game because I think that's no, like Best of All Simulator. Was, was it last, last year? year. Damn it. Was it last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. I think you've just been playing it a lot this year. That's why we keep thinking it's out this year. Yeah. I mean, I probably should get it because, you know, I'd like to, you know, really try out my relationship. What about how... Untitled Goose Game? That seems like an awesome family game. <laughs> I yeah. don't know you should be teaching kids how to be a piece of shit goose. <laughs> yes, you oh, should. Luigi's no, no, you're teaching kids that so. geese are pieces of shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> Don't mess with the geese. Yeah. yeah. Howard. And, yeah. and let's, let's don't mess with the geese, Howard. Was that a Fatal Fury joke, sir? I guess so. <laughs> but wh- I'm actually kind of happy that Luigi's Mansion 3 did get did one It is also, I think, uh, one of the last King's favorite games of this year. I would think yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know, but I'm also quite surprised. No Pokemon love at all. 
Yeah, that's really weird. Because it's like for something that you call best family game, it is nothing but a slew of Nintendo titles, and it's like you had two Pokemon. And like you chose Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> you chose Ring Fit Adventure over Pokemon Sword and Shield. That is lack of trust in your own branding and your own products. Yeah, let me say, as a um, you know, a definite like newly made Pokemon addict with yeah, thirty-five finally, hours in, he's one of us. <laughs> yes, it's like you know, it takes all my self-control to not play it while we're recording this podcast because I'm finally at like the final four. Do you have moments where you're about to go to sleep and then you just have to do one more? I'm not. Yes, <laughs> it's happening. Right? I'm at that point. Yep. Like, I've got, I think, like, seven different tabs of Pokemon stats open on my phone at any different time. Like, I'm in Good on hard. you, man. Good on you. I, I, I can't wait until uh, next year when uh, Eccentric Tom finally memorizes the Pokédex and he can just recall stats from the top of his head. I can already guess uh, types. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let us... So, uh, uh, that's our uh, coverage of Best Nintendo Game. <laughs> I suppose. No Best sorry. Family Game, yes. Brought Best. to you by Nintendo. But, what of course, the VGAs isn't just about awards. Of co- it's barely about awards anyway let's you know <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it we're gonna talk about the ads let's talk about the ads okay how about there's the- some announcements which kind of took me by surprise okay let's talk with like the probably the biggest one which is like oh so that's what the new xbox is called xbox series x otherwise yeah. known as the pc tower yes it is just a pc which they've got like it's xbox literally the corsair on one yeah you think about it <laughs> yes. and i'm like looking at this like doesn't this already exist i'm very disappointed with both of you guys nobody's doing the the xbox sex joke that's a bit too easy to be honest. it is yeah. okay see quality comedy here on the last game podcast <laughs> Well, what do you guys think about uh, Hellblade 2 being an exclusive on the Xbox X? I didn't play the first one. Uh, I kind of enjoyed Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, it's too narrative for my own likings. and I mean, I liked the thematic thing that they were doing with the trailers. Like, oh, so you got like hardcore cannibalism shit happening. Okay, sure. Kind of. Okay. Uh, but I would say this, uh, Senua's Sacrifice, uh, stop making these games. Uh, this is the studio that gave us the best DMC ever. Go back to that, please. Ninja Theory is now uh, owned by Microsoft, but hey... Now that they have a big daddy corporation looking after them, they might make uh, Enslaved 2. Or whatever the hell they want, you know? Yeah, they can so. make whatever the fuck they want. I wouldn't mind that at all. So, uh, and that, that was not... a big thing Phil Spencer said, like 15 uh, studios making exclusive games. Like, So you learnt your lesson, fucking finally. <laughs> Only took you, what, eight years? And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, here's another Halo uh, Master Chief collection for this machine. Oh, okay. Halo Reach for PC. Hey, look, yeah. it'll work. Do you know how many people are playing Reach right now? Enough. Yeah, <laughs> enough people. A lot. <laughs> Quite a lot. Uh, but are you interested in buying another Xbox, John? Uh, depends on the titles. We'll see how it goes. It's yeah. always about the games, the exclusives. You know what I can't get anywhere else, right? Yeah. So I mean, that. something like you know, Senua, I mean, Hellblade Two doesn't feel like it's enough to convince me to pull out the credit card. Yeah, you need something like a scale bound, which unfortunately Microsoft nope. canceled. They, like they asked that pro- unfortunately. Yeah. They but- need something like that. But, you know, whatever Platinum Games can do or whatever a renowned Japanese company could do to actually put an exclusive on the Xbox X. Yeah, we'll see. But it's still early days because I think at E3 2020, that's when we're going to see some big announcements. That's when we're going to see the lineup list for both that and the PS5, which also got announced in the most roundabout way possible. Yeah, through a game called Godfall. Yeah, just Godfall on PS5. It's like... Oh, so that's a thing. Okay, cool. At least you're sticking to something which makes sense. I mean, one thing I also want to kind of bring up is the that Nintendo, in terms of hardware, no nothing. I mean, they, I think they're they just Buddhist released a new Switch uh, this year. The Switch Lite, right? The Switch Lite and also the Switch Pro. They They've announced that it's not come out yet. 
Yeah, they've always played in their own field. Like, they only release a new console whenever they feel like it. Yeah. Okay with the Switch right I now. think it's a very incremental hardware refresh. It's mainly like bigger batteries, the main thing that they're going for. Which I think is a significant yeah. improvement, right? It's like from four hours to six hours, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's my one, uh, like, uh, gripe about uh, the Switch is that it doesn't last very long. It's like if you're just gaming on a train. A uh, game on a train, it's okay, but, like, you know, I have to make sure to, like, put yeah, the charge it at the work. End of the day. Yeah, to charge it's, it. I mean, it's fine. Like, I have to do the same with my phone as well, but it's just, you know, you kind of wish you put more time into it. They've also improved, like, certain games, like, when you undock it, it actually runs about the same when you dock it. So they made improvements on that, like, this year or so. You check out Astral Chain, you check out Luigi's Mansion 3, or even, like, Pokemon Sword and Shield. They run about the same when they're undocked. So yeah, so... But then, I think what the Switch needs to do is it needs to stop trying to pack, like, these giant AAA games onto its system. Like, I The Witcher know. 3 doesn't make sense on the Switch to me. I mean, it's an Neither old enough game to where it could work, but it's yeah. like... I think it's like stuff like Witcher 3 and Skyrim, which they have, is like, I would never buy that on a console because you need a big beefy PC to make it pretty. And not only that. And then get mods to make it even prettier. Exactly. But also, the control scheme just doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, uh, Witcher and Skyrim have been kind of... I would say consoleized in a way in their control setup, but mm. uh, I think what Nintendo really needs to do is it needs to kind of push more of their first party, sh uh, like uh, their, their IP, because there is yet to be like a Metroid on the Switch. There's yet uh, to yeah, be. Yeah, that could be like next year or the year. Yeah, after that. and the thing is, like they did announce like the Metroid Prime, which I got all giddy over a couple of years back. Yes, I remember you got so happy about a and fucking PJPEG. I'm still waiting for yep. some yep. news, guys. Uh, also, and also good on for some studios. Like I remember Bandai Namco Singapore. There's rumors that apparently they're working on that project along with other Prime? Bandai Namco studios. So good on them, uh. Because like I would say, the Switch is definitely the perfect uh, machine to put a, a, a new Prime on. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I think what the Switch also kind of solely needs is it's it like an old school Metroidvania, a nice yeah. little puzzle platformer. Like Bloodstain is available on the Switch, and I think that's the the platform it deserves to be played yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. But we we need like a a retro Castlevania, yeah, definitely. something that you know is back to its grassroots, not that weird three D thing that tried to pull. Mm, well, Axiom Verge two is coming out next year. I think that might be an exclusive, but mm. don't hold me on to that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also I'm with you. I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing what they do with the Bravely Default series. And this is the guys who did Octopath Traveler, right? Yeah, it is. Octopath it's the same studio. The first few did Bravely Default, so that's nice. Yeah, which is weird because there are more Bravely Defaults, but this one's called Bravely Default two. Well, I think they're trying to like wipe yeah. the slate clean. Kinda. I mean, but then it's the Japanese game. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah, they have their own plot lines and shit. So I think these are new characters. I mean, like technically, lines. there's been only five Street Fighter games. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, it's Final Fantasy 15, which is you know a barefaced lie. Yeah, sure. Final Fantasy 50 or something stupid, it should be called. But okay, let me go into the discussion a little bit more. What do you think is the game plan for the Xbox X? And what it is it they need to do right now, especially in the landscape of... Because, you know, even though we have contenders like Google coming up with something like Stadia, and that shit the bed properly. <laughs> that shit the bed. <laughs> Good thing some. that thing shit the bed. If that thing yeah. came out of the gate running, and it worked, and it was amazing, like, having a console now would not make any sense. Which, actually, yeah. that's the thing, because uh, Microsoft are working on the xCloud thing, and it's still in closed beta, but apparently it works very, very well. Yeah, mm. that's so, a lot of good positive buzz on that and yeah. I think it might just be because the studio they're trying to rely so heavily on such a small piece of tech which just can't I get there's some kind of like throttling happening yeah so I think the Series X might have a way to like 
really uh, compress the data and you can upres it properly when it's being streamed. Yeah. That might be the thing it's doing. The other thing it could do, and this is what I'm hoping for, is some kind of modular aspects. So where you can like swap in like new RAM, a new uh, video Hard card. drives or whatnot. Yeah, something. Uh, in kind it's of like a Steam machine, right? But not so Kinda, yeah. like obtuse with Linux and everything, right? Yeah. Like with something that you know people can understand without you know spending some time learning how to code. I think I know what you mean. Is that is that basically maybe they could also have done like proper tiering systems like possibly pro version the the pro pro version or the there probably will be. That, they, there were rumors about that. Apparently, there's that machine we saw at the Game Awards, and then there's like another machine where it's basically like it will it'll, it'll be download only, it'll be diskless and everything. Yeah, I think this the this Scarlet one, version. Yeah, this one looked sim- uh, diskless as well. I, I mean, this see was any there's a slot. The there's a slot when you see oh, the trailer. Yeah. Again. I mean, yeah, this was so. the promise that the original Xbox One wanted to do, where yeah. it wanted everything to be an online marketplace. And they got that that bit them in the arse so hard because it was just too soon. Yeah, people didn't react correctly to it, and also the fact that like Sony decided to rub salt in the wounds by having the how do you share games. <laughs> Yeah, the pass of this thing. They must have like seen the slides like a week early somehow and it's like, okay. No, it was on the same day. It's like that night they released that trailer. So they went to all like the interns in the video production. I was like, you have two hours to make something where you could shit on them. And it worked. It wasn't even that. It was literally President Cassiari was in the hotel room. Somebody brought a camera (laughs) in. They just filmed that segment, put the PlayStation logo on it. That's how you share a game. It's like, yes. motherfucker. <laughs> that is brilliant, like almost guerrilla-ass marketing. Uh, that's there. proper marketing. and But also you have to understand, like uh, the <coughs> PS4 was just stomping the competition during that E3. Because it had exclusive... Everything came out. out. Like, yeah, if you... if you, people Whatever are, they promised, it came out. It yeah, came out. Because they learned a the lesson from the PS3, mm-hmm. where they definitely were like, oh, people will get a second job to afford a $600 <laughs> machine. Why is no one buying a $600 machine? And then they decided to wait a couple of generations and okay, now they can finally afford it. Yeah. So here's a $600 machine but with games this time. So like at the end of the day, I'm glad that we have at least two console manufacturers because we monopolies need at least are a bad two. thing. Yeah. No matter what Tim Cook says, you need competitions. Monopolies are not a good thing. Uh, now I'm very curious what's PlayStation's move. I think that probably, hopefully they won't get too big for their bridges and try to pull some bullshit like they did with the PS3. But probably, yeah, we don't. I think that uh, both will be looking aspects of streaming services and also modularity. I think to a certain extent, yeah, because you can't push fidelity anymore. Because if you're yeah. trying to convince us to buy 8K TVs, no, but no it, one's gonna do that. At apparently, least the, the Series X will have 8K support, but they're not gonna say like you need it. Just say it's there for when eventually becomes affordable, which is good future proofing. I we guess say. so, but yeah. I would even say future proofing. I would say. Uh, quality games this is what you want quality games what the hell are you guys doing yeah, it's always been about the games yeah. so I don't know uh, what are your predictions of the PS5 announcement uh, well we'll only find out around February because I know that that's they're gonna have their big showcase around that period mm. February which doesn't it's make sense be- right cause like usually you expect these kind of things to be during t- Tokyo Game Show they have to do it in their home turf right yeah but that's uh, Q3 which is a bit late in a row la, cause you know Sony is a big name they kind of want their own space, their own show and whatnot. So yeah. February sounds like a right time. If they're not doing it then, they should do it like around that period. Now, February makes a lot of sense because then you have all year to start the hype train going. Mm. Yeah. All the way to December 2020. You know, yeah, because both are coming out on holidays. So, ooh, we're going to have a good old-fashioned console war for who's going to get what into uh, their Christmas stockings. You know, here's another thing. Another company entered the ring also quite low-key and uh, I also want to talk about... So, Amazon is a games division now? Oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> been going on for a while. And, okay, and they have games now. 
cool. And so does Apple. Apple has Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade is not going to survive. Which is annoying because that hockey arcade game looks kind of fun, but I'm not getting Apple Arcade for that. How much is it for the subscription again? Uh, for me, it's free because I have Apple phone. Oh, if you're in the ecosystem, you get Apple Arcade for well, free for for a few months, I think, and then you have to pay. But like, you get like the first taste is free for Apple users. But what is the subscription rate after that? I have no idea because I refuse. It looks like a fifteen or thirteen dollar early. No. Which is, I Again, mean, that's still not. Depends on the games. If it depends easy on the games. Play on your phone or your tablet. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I mean, like, I'm, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. Like, it's a good alternative for people who want something that's a bit lighter, less like cost intensive, because you spend all your money in the fucking iPhone instead. And nothing that's like gacha ish, like those free yeah, to play. Yeah, as long as it's not free to play yeah. fuckery, then I'm okay with it. As long as you're like you're paying for a full experience, then I'm happy with it. But then again, you also have to understand that that's such a lucrative business model. It is it's hard to ignore. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know. Because uh, Nintendo tried to be have integrity and say, oh, you only have to pay once off for that Mario Runner and then everything else is going to be fine. Nope. And they made no money on it. <laughs> but they made so much money on that uh, gacha uh, Mario Kart. filled yeah, Mario, Mario Kart. Because, yeah. you know, China exists and they don't understand, like, you know, it's better to pay once off in the beginning than spending all your money for the rest of the time. But if you're talking about, like, you know, the cultural spending habits of an entire nation, like, I mean, especially when it comes to China, they are so used to that model of paying things in a layaway. Yeah. Like, like it just makes more sense to them than, you know, you have one giant investment up front or do you just slowly build up your investment with the option to cancel? Yeah. So... I guess, uh, I mean, it has also influenced the way a lot of video games are being made in a lot of ways. A DLC especially. Definitely for the yes. worst. Yeah. You know, definitely for the worst, but also at the same time, it's like we can't ignore these numbers because, look, I mean, every week some poor kid decides to overspend daddy's credit card on FIFA shit. It's so depressing <laughs> seeing those stories. And I'm thankfully, like, the one good thing the UK has done in the last few years is, like, heavily regulating loot boxes. I mean, it's probably outlawed in it's like, some outlawed, parts of Europe, right? It's uplo- mm-hmm. outlawed in Belgium and Netherlands. and okay. The sensible countries, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, who, you know, smoking weed, sometimes you uh, come up with good decisions. Wait, what? As the guy's, like, uh, hitting that large yeah, token. Like, <laughs> hey, no, man. loot boxes are stupid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> I'll tell I'm you why now. in 30 minutes. I'll tell you why in 30 minutes yeah. after I finish the Snickers bar. <laughs> why loot boxes are terrible. Where was I? Oh man, have you heard Led Zeppelin? They're amazing. <laughs> That's the kind of conversation they have. So here, huh? we were talking about the VGAs, weren't we? Yeah, let's end the uh, VGA. The Game Awards, talk. yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of happy that it exists because it's an opportunity for us to shit on it and talk about things. I mean, look. I, but I, if it, if anything that gave uh, Disco Elysium the amount of shine that Disco Elysium got, I would get, say, yeah. If it has a bump in their sales, then at least did something good this year. If you're listening to this podcast, buy Disco Elysium. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, not getting any money for them. We just really love that shit. Yeah, please make sure that they can make another game sometime in the future. Or and maybe uh, or maybe an expansion. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if there's any game that actually got on the Game of the Year nominations, they also get a bit of a bump too because at the end of the day, people are going to pay attention to what's there because Game Awards, it's, th- it's still something that people tune into for good or ill, right? Yeah. I mean, hey, it's, it's just like the Oscars. And hey, you know... Uh, in, in like to paraphrase the word of a certain game I love, it's not the best choice, but it's a gamer's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Yeah, sure. So, uh, we're gonna be coming right back with our favorite television shows, I guess. Wow, we're, we're going to commercial. Oh no, we've we been have to. I'm by throwing the, the commercial right now because that is the running joke here. Uh, this segment was brought to you by Mountain Dew. <laughs> but Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yes, the last king's choice in terms of uh, awkward flatulence. 
So <laughs> and possible diarrhea, yeah. And definite diarrhea. <laughs> definite diarrhea. If you want your orange tipped finger stains all over that lovely toilet to be smeared in that hot chocolate slush that's kind of glowing green from all the Mountain Dew you've been drinking, listen to the last King podcast. Brought to you again by Mountain Dew, Doritos, and Shane. <laughs> Speaking of shame, Bojack Horseman. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a wonderfully awkward segue. I thank you. It. Best narrative segue. I, I accept this award. I would like to thank God, <laughs> my parents, <laughs> my acting teacher, <laughs> sure. everyone who ever believed in me. I can't name you right now because you're actually not that important. But many. I don't want to be seen as that two-faced bitch. <laughs> So, uh, this is a TV show that we are all huge fans of, and it's yeah. kind of sad to see it on its way out because they've announced this would be the final season. Well, you say, I mean, obviously, it's always sad to see a show go, but I I think I said even last year as well that they need to end with season six. They can't. They need, they need the show to end, yes. Because, because at a certain point, you can't keep watching someone destroy their life. After a certain point, like, either they need to, like, fix their shit or die. Like, because you can't keep this torture existence going on forever. Exactly. You hear that Ali McBeal and Orange is the New Black? Quit while you're ahead! Yeah. <laughs> well, they are kind of quitting. I mean, they've already quit it. Yeah, so. it got cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> the best kind Wait, of quitting. Orange got cancelled? I thought it was ended. No, it ended. It just yeah. properly ended this year and I- nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's like... There you go. She's still in jail? That's it- like the response everybody had. Yeah, but... didn't. Yeah, whatever. So... Bojack. Yep, Bojack Season 6. And uh, first and foremost, I'll just say it's better than Season 5, I would say. I think it's on equal standings. Uh, I think this is funny. I season think 5 was a little bit more... Uh, it was hard. It was very... Yeah. But I think it was the necessary kind of... Uh, that perfect tilt down in the bell curve before it's like... It, it, it's definitely going to try and finish on a high note and... Uh, the jokes hit so hard this time. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, especially that whole episode where... Um, what's her face? Uh, was Diane. No. Diane. No. Uh, the, the Princess pug. Caroline, the pug. Oh, yeah. peanuts? No, yeah, the the, the girlfriend she, of peanut butter. Yeah, girlfriend of peanut butter. I can't remember what she's called, but when I mean, she's like uh, live streaming her entire like mental breakdown, and everyone's like trying to hide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, the, the the highlight of this for me was Mr. Peanut Butter becoming the face of depression. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Am I depressed? Usually the happiest people are the ones who are the most depressed. You're right! Obvious Justin Bieber a- analog. That was so beautifully done. Yes, Like, it was. such a cynical ass thing to say and beautiful. I would say this, right? Bojack Horseman understands his demographic, but it also yeah. understands what it is that is... I mean, the word I like to use constantly is topical, and I usually use it with a little bit of a negative connotation where, like, oh, obviously we need to point out things that's going on in the world. But they somehow, like, I would say Bojack Horseman is the smart man's South Park. Where yeah, because it doesn't feel like, you know, we're just, like, you know, pointing fingers and like, hey, look, Trump's an asshole. Yeah, we get it. Whereas this one, it feels like, hey, you know the thing that everybody's talking about and we're all kind of annoyed with? Let's put our spin on it and... It's kind of like, hey, I know, right? It's fucked. But we're not actually not that far from the truth. Like, exactly. I mean, when, it's, uh, it's not snarky, but it's definitely... It, it definitely has that... Uh, is moments of cynicism. Yeah, like, like, do you know it's illegal for billionaires to kill people now? It's like, <laughs> I love oh, shit, it just happened. I would say this, uh, one thing I'm not looking forward to, is, besides the, the show, obviously, on its ending run, is like, 
this is definitely Bojack, uh, not as Bojack as ever. This is him definitely, you know, on the up end of his redemption arc. And yeah. as much as I endo- enjoyed all the moments of him in uh, in rehab. Yeah. Oh, God, they were wonderful. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's also seeing him clean up and like, oh, man, now i got nobody to relate to on the show. <laughs> the no. fifth episode, that's what I'm talking about, where basically he's going around helping out a Diane and a few others. Yeah, he's yeah. like going across the country, you know. Yeah. and Which is nice, you know, at least for the first time he yeah, actually I mean, finds... I also like, yeah, it's always, it's a, there is a little bit tinge of silence because it's no longer like, oh, it's that show, which I enjoyed for this thing. But at the same time, I enjoy seeing a character arc finally like come to some kind of conclusion or like start mm. to like, we're veering towards like, we've begun our descent pattern now. Yeah, I would say also is like, it's about time to go the redemption arc started, right? Yeah, because like, holy shit, we've been like teasing it for so long. And then it's fallout with the other episode, the last episode of that half season where Mojack's not in it, but it's basically something, all these events that happen that escalate to what's going to happen because they're going to find out about... That um, was one hell yeah. of a, a teaser, right? to end, yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah, uh, but basically, also, these journalists are on their way to New Mexico to uncover that thing that happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also, yeah. Uh, Hollyhock's gonna find out. But I think of the episode apart, I wouldn't necessarily enjoy, but I feel like was the most impactful was um, uh, the actress's uh, like spin into like how she's been so traumatized by that event that she's now unable to find work anymore mm, yeah. because oh, yeah, she's yeah. having like so many triggers from that events that. She's now becoming difficult to work with, and because she doesn't want to talk about it, ironically, she's having what she wanted to avoid in the first place. I don't know, but uh, there's still some good humor involved. <laughs> true, <laughs> like saying, like, like, "In my version, she's a lesbian." <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. this is not, what's the name of the director? I don't know. He's the guy who says, "Oh, good money." Nom 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 nom. Yep, he does. He, say too, that. he does say that. <laughs> I also love the fact that uh, what the, the director of Bojack's movie, yeah, uh, like now she is going through the the Patty Jenkins like oh I need to do a shitty superhero movie I like the line where basically so what's the difference between this superhero movie and any other superhero movie she's a female <laughs> I'm like yep and also in light of the Black Widow, Black Widow trailer yeah okay well, um, sure <laughs> whatever nice to see David Arbor still not lose weight for a superhero role <laughs> hey you know hey <laughs> he's keeping in shape at the very he's, least he's staying Around in shape he's keeping he's shape. staying in shape round is a shape hey <laughs> you know what you do you, David Harbour. Yes. You've carved out your niche and fucking live your life. He's decided to get himself killed off in Stranger Things. No way he's coming back for four. No way there's gonna be a four, right? There is a four. There is there a four? Is a four. They started filming already. See? They need to. Like David Harbour just sh- shat himself. Like, Kevin <laughs> McLaughlin is now getting facial hair. They need to wrap this shit up soon. Can we just skip to the college years? Let's, let's stop pretending these guys are 12 and 13. Yeah, it's now getting yeah, very hard to be because like yeah. Finn Wolfhard is like six foot now, and he's actually kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. You know it's gonna be terrible, right? When the black kid is like way taller than the rest of them all of a sudden. Because he's also the oldest of the lot. Exactly. And I think his voice dropped about last. Actually, it dropped for season three. Like you can imagine scenes with him and Dustin, and it's like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Hey man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey! <laughs> nah, my name is K-Dog now. <laughs> yeah. The 90s just happened. Gangster rap is a thing. Actually, I would love that in, in season That's 4. That's the obvious. It just opens with uh, NWA. It's the just police. <laughs> Literally, it's like, yeah, it's the end of the 80s. We're going to start entering the 90s. Hello? And he's going to have a whole like uh, subplot where he's trying to find out what happened to Tupac. 
the or I would say you know there's gonna be this entire subplot where the little brother that nobody cares about discovers Nirvana. Oh yeah. Remember that band? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Can't wait for them to DH Dave Grohl so he can play himself in the show. <laughs> I would yeah. not put it past them. I would not put it past them, but I would put it past Dave Grohl. <laughs> so Bojack Horseman. <laughs> I mean, I think we've already talked about what we love about project in the past and it's exactly the same stuff it's it's quality it's a mix of irreverent mm. humor some kind of surrealness but also some real hard-hitting truths that a lot of people need to hear about themselves told by spoke speaking anthropomorphic animals true that and, and there was some poor genuine sweet moments which i enjoyed yeah especially now because it is the redemption arc so there's yeah. a lot of uh, asking for forgiveness and asking for penance uh, even like the small shit like helping that uh ace um person at the airport join Todd's app because he's the only one on the app for god knows how long oh yeah that's still the fifth episode yeah yeah all that all yeah that, that was a nice deals. sweet moment which i enjoyed a lot true uh i also enjoyed fat diane oh yeah that was such a meme that i didn't see coming <laughs> but hey she's smiling and that's nice you know because we've seen her be self-destructive and miserable as well yeah but then again she's asian we like well, that yeah. <laughs> we like that mm-hmm. so uh I don't know, my only real nitpick with Bojack Horseman is they decided to split the season, which I find always annoying. Whenever. I find that also kind of aggravating because I don't see the reason why they're doing that. Because then they can be nominated in two years. Nah, that's certain, true. Like awards or even better, it gives an opportunity because this is an animation. You need to give the animators room to breathe. and So they can get their carpal tunnel surgeries yeah, in time. They can sort out their eyeballs and their wrists be- before they have to start drawing and animating for the next half of the season, which I think is, you know, props to the production team for being maybe considerate. Yeah. Or also at the same time, it could be budget. It could be just. Well, also I think they've uni- both maybe the yeah. animators have unionized now, so it might have been like their uh, like demand as well, so that they had time to actually you know not kill themselves. I'm all for it because yeah. I mean, even though it feels like you're extending the demise of Bojack Horseman, then I have something to look forward to in 2020. Yeah, which like so far there's not a lot of stuff that's been announced that is making me really look forward to 2020. Oh, games wise, yes, but like film games and TV wise, yeah, nothing makes me feel like yeah, I have any reason to. Continue my subscriptions, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but then again, next year probably is when we finally have Disney Plus and we can actually review The Mandalorian. Oh, or we yeah. can just do it now because we've seen it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we yes have, we have. sure. Yeah. Okay, but no, we'll save that for the extra special uh, Star, Wars episode, Star Wars episode. Which will be next episode, actually. Next episode, which we're, we're also going to be reviewing uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. It's going to be totally Star Wars where we hit all three categories in our SEO. It'd be <laughs> a very much a Yo Dog, I heard you like Star Wars. So we're going to do Star Wars. We do all the Star, Star Wars. Wars. Just Star yes. Wars. Yeah, you want some Star Wars? You got even more Star Wars for you. So yes, uh, Baby Yoda discussion coming soon. Don't you worry. But um, yeah, I mean, nitpick wise, I would say, yeah, it felt a little bit short. Mm. And also, there, there was a less Todd this time, I felt like. Well, he's so busy filming, like, you know, El Camino or something, probably. Possibly, but... But he does voice work also, so... Yeah, that's true. Know. But he is an executive producer, so... Yeah. Hey, you know, good on him. Like, you know, I'm, I really want Aaron Paul to carry on succeeding. Uh, we hope we get more Todd in the next half of the season. That's all we're saying. There's always a Todd episode per season, so if, for all you Todd fans, <laughs> don't worry. It's, it's It'll coming. happen. It's, it's, it's going to happen. happen. It's probably going to be the first uh, episode of the next half of the next season. Unless they do something with Mr. Peanut Butter first. So, but, uh, we already had quite a lot of him. I think we had too much Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter is the one character that I find very annoying, but I love the fact that 
I think the writers were probably very much aware of it and they decided to present to us a version of Mr. Peanut Butter that we could be happy to be annoyed with. It's like, he's the face of depression. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Oh my god, this is genius. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> and he's almost, almost about to get some kind of self-awareness, but then he gets swept no! up with it. <laughs> that's the, that's the he thing. got dangerously close to him and like, oh wait, no, this is perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, that's a very dog-like thing to happen. Yes, yes. yes. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, Bojack Horseman to me feels like the start of a new trend in very adult and very, I would say, mature themes involved in animation. I mean, we have yeah. the likes of uh, Big Mouth. We also have even shows like, you know, FS4 Family decide to take like The Simpsons or the... I say the the Family Guy trope and make it a little bit more edgy. Yeah, and I think probably in our next show. Yeah, we're definitely gonna see. It's that. a different kind of uh, presenting animation as an opportunity <laughs> to present very mature themes, but also to present uh, their ability to be imaginative with budget and with special effects. Oh, for sure. Because uh, I was, uh, the next show I I discovered this very randomly. It was... We kind of slept on it because it came out in September. Exactly. And it's something that uh, while I was uh, getting my R- Rosa Salazar a uh, Battle Angel uh, Alita Blu-ray fix <laughs> delivery you know, confirmed and oh, it's coming, sure. And then uh, oh, uh, and it's from Amazon. Oh. So I was ordering this, this Blu-ray and they said, oh, have you seen this show? It's like, they just recommended it. Huh. He's like, you're a fan of this? You might like this. And I was like, holy fuck, why isn't anybody talking about this amazing show? <laughs> I, I don't think I've fallen in love. I don't think anyone love... else did. That's a strange part. I mean, yeah, probably it, was a mention here and there, but that's it. it doesn't I mean, get I follow her any on hype. I followed her on Instagram, so she did talk about it. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. But I think I was watching something else at the time. And so okay, I'll get around to it, then I forgot about it. I mean, in the realms of television, it's The Boys, it's Chernobyl. And I've always been kind of thinking, right, yeah, but... What's that one pivotal, emotional, uh, very, not say transgressive, but definitely uh, intellectual, mm. like you know, something I want to feel smart about watching. And then when Undone came out, and when I started watching it, okay, we're going to be talking about Undone. I fell in love with it. Season yep. one. Ten minutes in, I immediately just got hooked by it. Like, firstly, the performances. And I ah. also understand uh, that, I mean, firstly, the synopsis is basically a woman suffers a near-fatal traffic accident which puts her into a coma. But what it does is it unlocks her brain and gives her the ability to travel through time and also speak to her dead father who mm-hmm. is kind of convincing her to go on some sort of a quest to uncover who to murdered try and him. How, how he died. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like to me, uh, I love a good whodunit. I love a good uh, character study. I love a good uh, trippy as fuck visuals kind of. Yeah. Like um, if you're a fan of like stuff like Waking Life by Richard Linklater or mm. if you're a fan uh, of Scanner Duckley as well too. Or Scanner Duckley especially. You know, I mean, uh, you'll definitely recognize the rotoscope uh, almost watercolor and the beautiful fucking uh, <laughs> animations and it is absolutely gorgeous it's like someone's sketchbook coming to life exactly yeah and I, I love definitely the color palette and the tones and also the brush strokes they use and it definitely especially when it goes to um, more towards like you know her cultural roots and like mm. you know the with the, the color dancing f- bits right was it yeah you know and the color style of, of her of, like the more indigenous color styles and I was like yeah, thinking yeah. to myself this is gorgeous especially when they go on those fever dream like yeah. spirit walks right and it's like this is some this is something that is so unique and so perplexingly unloved uh, unconventional 
yeah unconventional and too. it's also done with so much respect and love and yeah true and even like people who have like some blood in it don't want like to talk about it because they're afraid of i mean i also want to kind of point to the fact that this is a proper downer show oh yeah like yes, especially the emotional weight episode that this two, carries like, sweet jesus this is yeah. making me hurt and the thing is right we're bojack fans but bojack ain't got shit on this show and, yeah, because um, it feels so real because it's humans doing it, not, you know, a talking horse. Yeah, but it's voice actors and yeah. animation still. But okay, here's the, the thing is, it is that weird rotoscope style animation technique. So for a lot of you fans of like AHA's Take On Me, yeah, there'll be that kind of suspension of disbelief that is necessary. Yeah. Especially when things get a little bit surreal and things kind of blend in and out of each other. Yeah, and when I, uh, Bob Odenkirk's character, the father, whenever he pops up, the magic stuff, yeah. And it's like, it's also, to me, genius because think of all the money you save on special effects, especially scenes where she's learning how to stop time or how yeah. to yes. make things appear. And it's like, okay, this is very clever because you literally don't even need a powerful camera to shoot any of this footage. You can just basically do this on a phone or on like a like a single CCD camera. Yeah. And everything is in like the, the post-production and the art style later, which I think is where all the budget went to. For sure. And, uh, but... Aside from all that, you know, none of this would have been possible if not for that amazing, the power of Rosa Salazar's ability to perform and also like, such a beautifully broken individual. Yeah, you know, you hate her, you love her, you feel for her, you uh, you worry for her, then you you empathize, then you de-empathize she because is, she's a piece you don't of know shit. If she's crazy. You don't know if she's right. Or well, wrong. she is crazy. She's <laughs> crazy, but and yeah, I mean, I, I, there are two things I want to briefly touch on. Like one is like. I love how it gives you just enough space to where, like, you can believe wholeheartedly that she is traveling through time, but it also gives you out to say, like, no, she's actually having schizophrenic attacks, mm. and you know, maybe, like, you know, we're kind of like unreliable narrator journey. Yeah. But secondly, what I think she does very well is she makes you think of that friend that you have, where you really love them and you enjoy spending time with them, but good God, their life decisions make you want to just like lock them in a room and say. Stop fucking doing what you're doing. We all have that friend or that relative. Yeah. Yes, we do. Like yeah. to the point where like you want to say, I'm done. I can't do it with you anymore. But you can't because you love him so much. True. It's... I mean, it's especially uh, her interaction with her sister and her mother. Now, I want to say something. I want to say like, I'm going to be taking a legal action against Undone for copying my mother-in-law to almost an absolute fucking tea with the mother. Uh-huh. Like she is almost exactly the same. All mother-in-laws are the same. Yeah. yeah. And I was just watching it going like, oh, I do not want my wife to watch this. So she, this oh, you watch this alone? I was just alone. I don't think that... Uh, <laughs> you don't want to give your wife ideas? <laughs> mm, no, I mean, more just like... You've already had the wedding, you're fine. Exactly. <laughs> you got nothing to worry about. In fact, you're not even living with the mother-in-law anymore, right? So Yeah, yeah right, but yeah, the mother was just a perfect blend of... You understand where she's coming from, but at the same time, frustratingly smothering. Yeah, but concerned authority and uh, yeah, smothering like. It's, but a, then, ca- it's a Catholic mother, which yeah doesn't know when to like not get involved. But it's also like what is brilliant about her performance, especially, is because you can see that she is uh, driven by the guilt of losing also the father and yeah. also kind of being responsible for breaking the family apart. Because her entire intention to be smothering to this daughter, especially, is firstly she's the one with issues. The yeah. normal one is the younger one, and she's totally fine with her. Well, I mean. <laughs> She's, she's kind of fine with her. By comparison, yeah. she's By fine. By comparison, and also because uh, Rosa Salazar's character, I mean, she is kind of dead. Yeah, she is. So she deserves a little bit more attention. And I think what this show uh, gets perfectly is how attention in itself can be either 
the key to unlocking relationships are also the most detrimental thing ever. Yeah, it's the uh, it's like it's definitely everything revolves around the balance, and that's one thing that one of the motifs of the show that I thoroughly appreciate. Yeah, try but don't try. Try but don't try. Exactly, and also um, I love how like. Uh, it's also a reverse on very uh, traditional cultural uh, themes when it comes to spirituality because yeah. in this story, usually it's uh, the female who represents uh, the spirituality and the, the discovery of self mm. where it's the male who is all about uh, going forth and living a life and survival and stuff. And it's a flip because yeah. now it's the yeah, father it's the who's yeah. taking her on the dream and like it's he's applying that kind of very paternal logic to things and it's the mother who becomes like the more... She's not the Earth Mother. She's the opposite. She's basically, uh, she's toxic. She's poisonous, and she's inflicting you with all this anxiety and depression and making you doubt yourself. Yeah, I mean, like a good helping hand of Catholic guilt. Jesus yeah, Christ, especially that, which yeah. I think is that nice little cherry on top. And then and you she have goes the... to church too, so there you go, complete yeah. circle, Catholic guilt. And then that, then you have the dad who's like, no, 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 come to the temple, come to the fucking ancient ruins, and then like. Express yourself, be yourself, do yourself. You are you're free from everything, and it also, I mean, I guess it also makes sense narratively because he is a ghost. Yeah, he, he is. is like you know shuck of this mortal coil, so he has none of the like the apprehensions or none of the the restrictions of you know being alive. But there's also moments where then when the asshole turn happens, I don't want to spoil the show. Please no, watch. This. Please watch. But uh, yeah, yeah. only eight episodes, and it's, it's like every episode is like thirty minutes. It's less than it's watching, like twenty-seven yeah. minutes. Okay, this is uh what? Yeah, but yeah, this is a good four hours of your life that you can dedicate. No, you know, this is less time than the Irishman, <laughs> <laughs> which I also thoroughly enjoyed. Okay, yeah. but uh. Undone to me is the kind of show that you know. I'm glad I discovered it. I just need to spread the word. I need to tell people because if you've not heard of Undone, to me this over Shinobu over the boys is the show of the year. For me. Okay, mm. um, fair enough, fair enough. Like for me, is like in, in in terms of what it does, what it does, and it also in terms of originality, in terms of style, in terms yeah. of uh, a narrative that is not only relatable but a narrative that goes into weird directions for yeah, sure yeah, it makes you kind of think in a way like yeah. Waking Life had those philosophies this I mean it's from the same directors and from the same artists in a sense right kinda it's so, the same I mean it's not Richard house. Linklater it's a, no, no, no not Richard Linklater there are other it's not the same director that, but know. it's uh, it's made the same people who made Bojack it, it's the Tornante it's uh, the Tornante production houses yeah ah, and also the co-creator co-created this one mm-hmm. so okay. you can definitely see like the similar vibes but I would not say they're the same show. Yeah, they're, two they're not very different personal stories. I mean, like you can even say the same thing about Tuka and Bertie. They're not the same show. Absolutely not. They have the same visual style. Whereas, uh, I do understand that a lot of people will probably be—I wouldn't say deceived, but I would say maybe uh, misled by the Tornante production at the start of yeah. the the title cards because. If you're expecting something like Bojack, it's not. It is totally a. Not. It's a murder mystery which deals with emotions, yeah. and also it is one of the trippiest things I've seen on TV in a long time. Oh, and for trippy sure. in a great way. I yeah. was watching this at work, and let me tell you, it was very hard to focus on like real <laughs> shit whilst that was going on. <laughs> you no. need to pay attention to all the artworks and yeah, you swirling around when and just all the delicious details the that's yeah. going mm, on, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially for me, is that scene where they keep recreating the, the, the car crash. Oh, God, yes. yeah. From different yeah. angles, like from different angles, more different and perspectives, and, and different timelines at the same time. Yeah. And then seeing how it's like everything kind of cleverly wraps into itself. And the ending. With good transitions, yeah. With, with great transitions. And I'll, I'll say this, right? The ending 
the problem I have with a lot of whodunits is if you can figure it out by the halfway mark, then it's not a good whodunit. But I didn't see the ending coming at all. I did not see that coming at all. I was totally surprised, and it was and it was so genius that that makes so much sense once it you reprint. Yeah. Once the and that's one thing I loved about Undone is like not only do you have different timelines and different perspectives, but then you also follow the uh, the arcs of different characters, and it helps you kind of paint a picture of what the truth is, what reality is, and also that overarching uh, ambiguity of like all of this could be just like. A, f- a fucking schizophrenic fever dream yeah you know and then when things just stack into place and I think what I love about especially a good whodunit is when not only you didn't see who you didn't know who did it yeah. but just the reveal the reveal was glorious and and once you think about like actually I could have seen this coming if I knew where the to look the clues are all there yeah, yeah. it's like you refuse to believe it just like uh, Alma refuses to believe mm. what it, what everyone was saying what transpired, yeah. Yeah. And then she doubted herself, then she doubted the ghost, she doubted reality. And, and especially like moments where like her sister just shows up and is like, uh, am I dreaming right now? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. This is real. This is real. You're not, uh, you're still crazy. Like, okay, good. Fantastic. <laughs> um, one other thing I want to say before we like wrap up this review is what this show does very well is that there is no good character. Exactly. Everyone has Everybody's complicated. Like, even, like, Sam, who you think is just, like, a pure, loving, supportive boyfriend who does everything that is non-toxic. He's a manipulative little fuck. Yeah, when you realize in, like, episode 5, it's like, oh, you are an evil bastard. Well, I wouldn't say evil, but I would say he's desperate for that relationship to work. And that's the thing, it's like, they they do a good show. Manipulative is a better word. Like, they explain, not excuse how he works and why he thinks that way and how he acts that way but I also kind of like you know I mean, I think to me it's a speculation but like maybe he is also a little bit Asperger's in the way because when you meet him for the first time like his whole pickup line was I'm here to deliver food to all these hungry people sure and that worked apparently mm-hmm. and the more you yeah. get to know him the, the more you realise that oh he's kind of on the spectrum too possibly yeah so it's like I don't think he was malevolent or there was nothing nefarious about his actions to him it just felt like the logical thing to do yeah I think the only like kind of pure person is a uh, Reed <laughs> the fiance the, the very affable fiance because he's yes. so thick <laughs> he's pretty uh, one dimensional like you know sure. we all have that, that person that we have in our life it's like, you know, it's like he's a nice guy he's Mr. Peanut Butter just see it yeah he's yeah. Mr. <laughs> Peanut Butter but also I know people in real life who are like that <laughs> I'm not gonna say who because no, I relatively listen to this show. Yeah. Sure. Fuck you, that Oliver. <laughs> no, it's oh, it's not my side of the family. That's not your side. No, nope. you. That's why I'm not saying anything. So you said that this is your show. Yeah. For me, Chernobyl is still topping it. Yeah. But I would say this came really, really damn close to. Yeah, unseating. this beat the boys in terms of rewatchability for me. I had to rewatch uh, Undone a couple of times because I just was in love with the aesthetics and the detail and the stuff that happens in the background. Oof. Yeah, John, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, not really. This is a really, really good show. I mean, again, trippy artwork, everything yeah. was what sold it to me. But at the same time, just those little bits of philosophy talks between um, Alma and Jacob, the dad. Mm. You know, when they banter back and forth. Those are my favorite bits. Like, I look forward to how how Riachi pops up, how Riachi gets those keys to disappear and everything. And leading up to the mirror scene as well, which, mm. again, no spoilers. That's a thing. Again, this is definitely recommended watching. Yeah. I would say this right. Uh, I would love these guys to try and adapt a Grant Morrison story. Ooh, like yeah. imagine, that would be good. That would imagine be these good. guys doing something like Animal Man, mm. and then like you know just do go trippy, go go crazy, or even uh, Transmetropolitan, you know, yeah. which is dying for 
an something attempt. should be something of that art style, you know. Yeah, because like after something watching... that takes risks and yeah. like trusts you to be along for the ride, but also uh, it still works because it's drawn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't have to rely on CGI or overtly expensive special effects. You can just still use line work and colors and shapes to represent ideas. Yeah. So I would think that right, when it comes to, uh, I mean, even like maybe Alan Moore's even more uh, very Lovecraftian stories like yeah. the Neonomicon right where you, when the, the the panels and the pages just blur into each other like I, I'm looking at shows like Undone it's like that, this could be an, an avenue or something where we can represent uh, not only deeply philosophical ideas or like very emotional ideas and you can just use colours and shapes and sounds to paint uh, all these narratives right but well, like fifth dimension, sixth dimension, mind bending shit, right? It totally works, especially when you see her split, trying to stop time, and then realizing that she is in her own, uh, w- sh- what is it? She's like this Russian doll of possibilities yeah, and parallel yeah, yeah, universes. <coughs> and it's like, God, I want this show. I want season two, and I, like, I season two has been confirmed. I oh, know. It's been confirmed. Okay, that's. But good. what are they gonna do with it? Because it's like. It, I'd rather uh, just wait for it to surprise me. Yeah, I'm kind of fearful because it, it feels to me like this you was know, such a perfect season one. Yeah, it, they knew that if this didn't take off or if it didn't, if, if it, did, it couldn't sell a second season, at least it wrapped it up kind of nicely. Yeah, yeah. But it left a little bit at the end for you to kind of like, okay, maybe you can follow this thread. Yeah, I don't mind the ambiguous ending. Um, I mean, I will, I'm gonna watch season two. Of course, I am. And I'm now gonna watch anything Rose Salazar ever makes, like now and forever. I want to see Alita: Battle Angel two come out soon, but it, it, it had better like be announced soon because like that movie deserves a sequel Should with that? Disney money. Yeah, it's not Disney. Oh yeah, right? Fox. Yeah. <coughs> no, I don't think so. It's it, it, a lot of a lot of Fox shit has been put in the vault. That's I'm very true, upset yeah. with that. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not we're not ever gonna see a Predator movie ever again. I guess so. it's for the best. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, what man. There's still Predator? other. There's still the, the problem with Predator movies is like you gotta give it to the right guy. Yeah, yeah true. You know, and and as much as like everybody thought that Shane Black was the one, no, he wasn't. He's not the. He's not the right guy anymore. He should just do the other guys part two or yes, the nice yes. guys. The nice, nice, guys, guys. nice guys, nice guys. That deserves a sequel. Okay, it does. Like sh- it was criminal how little money it made because it was the perfect, yeah, neo noir movie. Mm-hmm. Dude. I want to see Shane Black's take. Shane Black should do a Disco Elysium movie. Yes, that'll be nice. Starring yeah. Ryan Gosling as Ryan the, Gosling the washed up uh, or even fucking Russell Crowe. No, Ryan Gosling will be the Japanese guy. Because oh yeah, fuck it. Yeah, this time it's Russell Crowe to be the fuck up. And I want the animation studio who did Undone to work on it. I want these two asshole actors. Where can, can I fund this? I want that I'm now. I'm gonna kickstart it right now. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, send, I'm gonna send a tweet to Shane Black. I have an idea for you. I have a pitch for you. Copyright last week. Mm-hmm. Why do we come up with all these great ideas and nobody listens to us? <laughs> yeah, so it's like we should like yeah. Everyone download and send it to Hollywood because we know what's gonna make a good movie. Shane Black, make a Disco Elysium movie, get the guys who animated Undone to put their spin on every visual element. We'll be fine. Just give us the video game rights. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna We know the guys that. to call to. Yeah, yes. we'll contract it out, but we'll still make money somehow. I would like to step step on stage at the, the game awards and just say, say to Jeff Keely in the face, this is all nonsense, this is all bullshit, and just throw the award back at him. <laughs> yeah. The we've come we've come full circle. I've come full circle. So I am more pretentious than you. Shall we give our uh, <laughs> final review uh, and then we can like call it a day? I will give it definitely this is a nine of ten answers. This I'm is a done. 9 upon 10 for me as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 8 out of 10. Good stuff. Definitely. What did you give so it? 8. It's 8 same. out of 10. It's the same thing. Uh, oh. 
Okay. Wait, why are you giving less? <laughs> Is this I credibility <laughs> I see? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> okay, so with that note, Undone, heavily recommended by Lasking Podcast. Absolutely. If you need something to even depress you more during the Christmas season as you watch your family fall apart, watch another family fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> or just watch the next Star Wars film. That's depressing. Which we have to talk about, right? Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, it'll be... It'll be over movie. soon. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. This is the last one. Hey, it's only two and a half hours long, so, you know, <laughs> that, that's more mercy. Wow. Sure. Have you bought your pre-sale? Not yet. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Is it out yet? No, right. No, it's out no, next, no, next, next month next for week. us. Sorry, next week yeah. for us. Next week, huh? Yep. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's gonna happen. So, uh, <laughs> I have been a best community support shop. <laughs> This, this has been, been Best Strategy Game, Mr. Toffee. And this has been Best Ongoing Podcast Co-host, Centric Tom, signing out. Mm-hmm.